Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. It's time, once again, to join your hosts Q and J in the writer's room for an other stuff, too, discussion you'll definitely agree with. High Five, the podcast, is not responsible for your agreement or disagreement with our discussions, but if you don't agree with us, you're wrong. And now, on with the show. Season three, bitches! We're technically season five. Season five, bitches! Because just like today's subject, Black Mirror, we're going into the future, but not really far into the future, just like, just a little bit into the future. So, everyone, strap in, put on your helmets, let's go to a future that may or may not be great for anyone involved. With your hosts... I'm Q, and I'm Jay, the stable genius. Let's get ready to fucking other stuff, too, with High Five. Black Mirror! Moody and stuff. Personal stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxing stuff. Evil stuff. Piggling little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. Held that for a, an exorbitant amount of time. I'm working on my uh, my lung strength longer you know? than I even thought was possible. My New Year's resolution honest. is to be able to scream the word mirror for at least five minutes without breathing. Well, what no one knows or cares is that it actually was. You did it. Five minutes. I just edited out the majority of it. <laughs> the, the the four minutes and thirty seconds that I did right. hold it. Right. You know, but what? I want—I don't want to cheat you of that. So I want everyone to know, Jay totally held it for five. I love it. Solid. Nine minutes. days in, I'm done with my resolution. That's it. You win. Mic drop. I can be shitty the rest of the year. You win 2018. I love it. Congratulations. Someone should. Congratulations. Someone needs to. So welcome to season three. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy to be back. Right. It I feels like too. we've been gone for. Ever, but it was really just a week. It feels like three and a half, maybe five years. You know what? I I can't even begin to explain how much that doesn't make sense. I have a long Santa Claus beard now. You also have a beard now, and I'm so I'm like half genetically mutated donkey. I have a metal leg. Which I really, really like. Thank you. It's, Thank you. I was a little uh, self conscious. I thought the uh, I at, thought I thought at, the mini skirt was too revealing. At, <laughs> at first, I thought the pink flames were a little much, but you know right. what? They work. Uh, you know, they work for you. It was expensive to get this kind of detailing. Chrome detail on a leg, yeah, very yeah. expensive. I've watched stronger. I know how much that hurts. But if anybody wonders what we use the that fat high five the podcast cash for. Metal Chrome legs. metal legs with pink flames on the side. Yeah. So, considering that I haven't seen you since last year. I know. I assume you've been up to a lot. Man, I've been up to so much. I was at home with the in-laws. Perfect. And then I was at home with a two-year-old. Awesome. And then I was sick. Awesome. Now I'm here. Um, with a two-year-old. Everyone <laughs> should be very jealous. Amazing. So, wow, it sounds like 2017 really kicked ass for you. It, it really did. Um, it really did. What about, I mean, what about you, man? What have you been up to? Uh, let's see. I had Christmas. 
um, with happy, my daughters. Happy Christmas. Thank you. Um, I celebrated the New Year's. Merry New Year's. Um, and, oh, I did I did do something cool on New Year's Eve. Which was? I went to my very first live Rocky Horror Picture Show Midnight Oh, how showing. was it? It was amazing. I've been to one in my life. It was so much fun. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and extend the invite to you now. I will most likely be doing it again. I think it's going to be a yearly tradition now. Awesome. They do it at, uh, here in Nashville, we have a cool little weird horror theater in Hermitage called the Full Moon Cineplex. Oh, they do it. Usually they did it at Belcourt. They did, but now uh, Full Moon Cineplex has contracted oh, the, awesome. the folks who do the Rocky Horror Live here, right. and they do it. At, they have a standing date every New Year's Eve at midnight. They do a midnight show and That's a amazing. Rocky Horror Picture Show, and it was a fucking blast. I I would love to join you, and I probably will this next the year. The only request is that we all wear lingerie. Oh, of course. Because. Well, I do anyway to sure. any public outing, as sure. you know. Well, we'd have to wear only lingerie. As I do to any public oh, okay, outing, perfect. as you know. Okay, great. So, great. I'm in. Board. I'm down. So, that's how my new year started. Was with Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, Alex, you want me to tell you what we did yeah, on New Year's? Yeah, totally, okay. of course. So, New Year's Eve, they were at my house, mm-hmm. me and A, mm-hmm. hanging out. Mm-hmm. The baby fights us for about an hour and a half to Ooh. go to sleep. Nice. And then we fell asleep at 10.15. Fuck. You guys are living on the edge. The The end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then we, we you were woke so, up and it was another year. We were so drained that we we're like, you know, and this is what bothers me so much about this. Okay, you ready for this? Yep. A had agreed to watch both Blade Runners with me to what? ring in the new year, but it took E so long to go to sleep that I passed out in bed waiting for them. What? And then when A came back, she passed out before she could wake me up, and then we woke up at like three thirty in the morning. On I missed my chance, man. She hasn't seen either of the Blade Runners and was willing to do like a four and a half hour marathon with me. Ah! I was so mad. Twenty eighteen is gonna be a shitty year for you. I know. I feel that's it. not the way you want to start. I feel it in my boner. Yeah, just and so. Bad. We didn't get to watch. I feel it in your boner too. By the way, uh, we didn't get to watch those, but I did watch some other things. Okay, tell me um, what you've been that I'll kind of bring up. I watched both Dave Chappelle specials. Ooh, okay, and they're kind of awesome. Are they? Yeah, I've heard a lot of controversy. You know what? I'll put this out there. Are they the best specials that have ever been done in the world realm of comedy? No. Do I agree with everything that? you know, Chappelle says in them, not necessarily, no. but what I will tell you is most of the controversy that you see, especially online uh-huh. is nonsense. Okay. If you listen to the specials, if you watch them in context, sure. He's kind of a genius. All right. And he does what comedians are supposed to do is he talks about topics that aren't the easiest to talk about to create a communal idea of conversation. Sure. And he does that extremely well. This is well. very similar to what he did um, earlier in the year last year because he also released two the other back to back. These are specials. way better than those. Okay, these are way. better. I wasn't a big fan of those last two. I yeah. thought they were okay, or the first two. I guess there's there's one there's a, a special that he did. His specials before he had the Chappelle Show were great. Like are, he's yeah, oh, one totally. of the best stand ups around. Totally. 
And then the special that he did right after he left Chappelle's show, I think it's something like, you know, and then I said, or, you know, it's like a phrase. Sure. That one is amazingly good. The two last year, kind of meh. You could tell he was just, I'm Chappelle and here's some jokes. Sure. These two are actually like classic, good, smart, genius Dave Chappelle at work. So I would very much recommend them. All right. Well, I will have to check no. those out. What else do you Let's watch? Let's see. Oh, uh, oh, we watched um, The Mountain Between Us. Oh, how's that? Yeah. Man, it's fun. Idris Elba. Uh, it's Idris Elba, who I love. Sure. And it's Kate Hudson, who is an actress. Amazing. Um, and Winslet. Winslet. It's Kate Winslet? Yes. No, it's Hudson. No, it's, it's Winslet. It is Winslet? It's Winslet. It's, okay. It's Eternal Sunshine, Titanic. Yeah. Okay. Winslet. It's a Kate. Yes. Hudson, a, Hudson's uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Skeleton or, Key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Sure. It's fine. It's Kate. It's fine. Kate Middleton? Yeah, it's it's John and Kate plus mountains. Yeah. Like, it's... John and Kate plus hate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's okay. It's nothing spectacular. Don't write know. home to your folks about it. I won't. If it's on television or you can stream it somewhere... Then fine. Put it on in the background. All right. It's, you know, it's a survival movie. Sure. Although, weirdly enough, uh, what is it? Wikipedia classifies it as a romantic survivalist thriller, which doesn't make Weird. much sense. Like, it's pretty much in a classification by itself with six days and seven nights. Sure. Like, those are the only two movies <laughs> those are, that fall That is that. a terrible <laughs> bedfellow that for, that, for that flick. It's about as good as that movie. All right. Maybe a little better with more snow and a dog. Weird. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's based off of a book. If it were, you know, kind of one of those based on a true story things, I might have been more invested. Sure. It wants you to feel like this is a thing that could totally happen. But but you're like, this is not a thing that would ever happen. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. It's fine. Meh. Whatever. All right. Um, and then the other thing that we watched was Bright. Oh, I also watched Bright. We, we can talk about that. We did? Okay, so sure. we took the plunge, and we watched the most hated movie of last year. Yeah. Didn't hate it. I also... It wasn't great. It's not good. It's not a good movie. But it was... Okay, for me, better than Suicide Squad. Right. That's kind of where we landed. It was... Okay, here's here's my, my beef with it. You want to know my beef with it? I do. Where's the, the beef? The concept is very good. Sure. I thought the concept was interesting. Like basically a, a modern day world with orcs and fairies and elves and It's basically alienation, yeah. but <laughs> with Middle Earth. It's like yeah, it's if Lord of the Rings took place nowadays. Right. It's Lord of the Rings plus End of Watch. Right. The concept was fine. The way that David Ayers actually, you know, realized that concept. I thought was the best part of the movie. Totally. Like the graffiti on the op- over the opening credits, the kind of the naturalist way that, you know, the the species interacted. Elves kind of like were the rich, powerful. Because they're the centers. fastest and strongest and most powerful, right. all that. I thought he, the way David Ayers actualized it was was great. Sure. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it a great nod. Max Landis's script blows chunks. Sure. The script is, the He's dialogue is terrible. one of those terrible. people that I'm starting to wonder if he is just all hype i categorically do not like him because i will say this i've listened to him speak i've watched his videos on like he's his death of superman he's a douche but 
he is a captivating fucking storyteller when he talks. Right. When he talks, I want to listen to him. But so far, his writing has left huge gaps in my give a shit meter. Like, he also did that, what was that, American... Um, oh, oh, uh, American Ultra Weed or American Ultra? Um, oh, yeah, that was it with uh, Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg. That movie who, also sucked ass. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's done a but he did that Victor Frankenstein Didn't uh, atrocity that. Nope. that was terrible. Um, I'm actually going to pull up a thing he wrote. Um, now he did do Chronicle. See, and that's the Chronicle. one thing, in my opinion, that's the one thing that he did where I'm like, okay, dude. But let's give it up. Josh Trank, the director, also did the Fantastic Four reboot. That was his only other thing. Yeah. So I feel like maybe they both had like one it was a flash decent in the pan. film in them, and then they were just kind of like, it's yeah. a good fucking thing that Max Landis's father is super famous. Well, you know he's he's remaking American Werewolf in London. Uh, John it, Landis? Yes. Yes. It, no. No, Max Max is? Landis oh, no. is remaking no, no. his father's no, movie. No, no, no. Yes. No, thank you. It's happening. Pass. It's already greenlit. Hard. Effing pass happening. I know, but hard pass. Yeah, he did that. Didn't he do a show for like the BBC with Elijah Wood or something yeah. that was supposed to be good? Yeah, it was. Um, never watched something. Detective Dirk Agency. Gently. Dirk Gently. I never watched it. Yeah, I it's, heard it's okay. Fine things. It's it's genuinely once again it's okay. Yeah, it's not like oh shit, this yeah. show was cool and different. I really just it's yeah. Fine. I know he did some like Masters of Horror or Fear Itself, which I don't know how he got billed for Masters of Horror like his first out of the go. I have no idea. Nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. Yeah. Bright uh, to come back around to it. Yeah. I, the dialogue is trash. The script is something you could make up out of like a how to write a screenplay like sure one hundred and one novel. Totally. Um. Spoiler alerts or whatever. You know. They're like only you know only one in a million humans can touch a magic wand. I'm like I'm fucking almost Will Smith. guaranteed that yeah. Will Smith is going to be that human. Right. I mean it's <laughs> it's uh it's like the gun. You know. Yeah. It's just like oh we're gonna drop this in Act One. So in Act Three the camera what can is it? shake. Chekhov's gun. Yeah. It's Chekhov's yeah. magic wand. That's you know they totally drop the knowledge in the first act. He picks up the wand and the camera shakes in the third act. That's not a spoiler. It may as well be in That's the description. What happened. Right. Um. I thought, and another thing, this is about the script too, is the allegory, the metaphors they were making about race inequality was so on the nose that it started to make me mad. It was oh, like, yeah. I am not a fucking two-year-old. Like, right. I can get subtlety if you play this for what it is. You don't need to keep saying, you know, well, orcs are trash and orcs are this and elves are this and no one sees me as a human in this. And right. it's like, dude, just... Show it, me a movie. I get it. End of Watch didn't have any of that, and it's great, and I still got the same messages. Sure. And so that, for me, kept drawing me out of it because of how dumb— Clunky all Yeah, that Max Landis's was. But having said that, again, what David Ayers did I thought was great. Sure. The concept is very intriguing, and I thought Joel Edgerton did pretty good. Right. I'm into it. And, you know, Will Smith was Will Smith. He was Will Smith and all over the place. Which is fine. Right. I don't dislike so Will Smith. So, are you excited for uh, Bright 2, Bright Harder? <laughs> the fact that Max Landis isn't writing it makes me more excited. Bright 2, The Brightening? <laughs> I would watch The Brightening. <laughs> would you? Um, I mean, I'll bright probably... Bright 2, Bright Boogaloo? <laughs> bright 2, Bright Furious? Yes. Um, I w- I'll watch it, 
because that's a world that I can totally go back to and see other stories in. Right. Um, but you know, overall, I di- I don't think it deserves the hatred that it's getting. I'll say that. I agree with that. People are lavishing hatred towards this movie sure. like it's a fucking game. Sure. I don't think it's that. But trust me, there were worse movies in 2017 than Bright. I can think of some. I off saw top of a couple. My head. Emoji creation, movie? Emoji movie? Do you see um, Trolls? Was that 2017? I liked Trolls. Trolls is Shh. mediocre. Shh. You just like the music in it. It was, the animation style was really cool. But Justin Timberlake is a star. Justin Timberlake. That's true. That's, that's true. That's how it's pronounced. So, Justin Timberlake. So that's my that's my uh, diatribe on Bright. He's it's bringing, fine. He's bringing Fuzzy back. He is. He is. Um, but yeah, we, oh, we did watch uh, Lego Ninjago. Me. So you said, but you said you couldn't finish it. Nope. I will tell you this: second half way better than the first half. But still, what do you think overall? Meh. Overall, man, it's just it's fine. Better than Emoji Movie. Totally. Better and you than watched the whole thing of that. I did, but I was also in the theater with two children. So not my not yours. <laughs> oh, we went for the same joke. <laughs> just children. So, maybe what? I mean, what did you think of Bright? Um, it was fine. Everything you said. You know what I did think though? I think it would make a really cool series. Like, I just want to see more stuff, not even the cop dynamic, just yeah. in that world. I will say that my favorite parts of the movie were just Will Smith and Joel Edgerton in the car. Yeah. Like, just kind of shooting the shit and, like, like uh, kind of... Well, Joel Edgerton is kind of playing it like Drax a little bit. Like, totally. I don't have a filter right. type of thing. Um, like, and honestly, that's what like David... Like Osberger's orc? A little bit. Um, orcs burgers. Um, which is also a very delicious dine-in restaurant. Totally. Um, don't get the falafel. They, they're bad. Terrible. Um, but, like, that's what David Ayers does really well, I think, is those kind of intimate conversation movies um, where End of Watch is a lot of that. Uh, I also think there's that's why Fury is, in my opinion, pretty good. It's because it's those four or five guys in a tank talking for most of it. And Which I when still not, haven't seen Fury. When they're not talking, shit's getting blown up, and I can always get on board for that. Um, so, you know, I thought that was fine. Uh, but yeah, clunky is a great word for it. It's just every probably 10 minutes I got drawn out. I'm like, why are we, why, why, why? this? Why? And Lord? it was too long. I'm into that it. That should be a 90 minute right. movie. That's why I said, I think it'd be a cool series. Yeah. I could get on board for a series of it. Um, but speaking of Netflix, that's my segue. Mm-hmm. We should talk about the topic that we came to talk about. We're 20 minutes yeah. into this episode, and we haven't even mentioned it. Well, you haven't told me what you watched, though. I don't give a shit. i tell uh. you what I watched that's the most important above all else. Black Mirror. Black Mirror! Season four. Season four. Once again, I had to edit out. He did it again for <laughs> five entire minutes. I love it. Uh, so good at So this. if you hear a weird cut right there, that's what it was. I just couldn't have five minutes of just me screaming, screaming Black Mirror. Mirror. Um, but I watched black mirror in its entirety. Okay. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to get through all six? I was, I started on a Friday night and I finished Saturday morning. Nice. We started Friday night and finished Sunday morning. Yeah. Because we have the two year old. And so the Saturday day was occupied. Totally. But yeah, we watched the entire thing in less than 36 hours. Oh, for sure. Definitely. (laughs) Like it was but the thing about Black Mirror is I love to binge it, mm-hmm. but then I also hate when I binge it because there are no more. Sure. For an un, un like an unknown period of time. Totally agreed. So let's not bury the lead on this. I want to ask you what you thought 
and then I want to tell you what I thought because I think it might surprise you. Okay. Okay. What did you think of the series as the season as a whole overall? Here, okay. Here's here's my my genuine thought on it. Okay. I'm in the camp of people who I I loved it. Sure. As a whole, I thought it was great. Okay. Now. I thought there are better individual episodes in other seasons. Okay. But I think other seasons can, in my opinion at least, are more uneven. So, like, in a couple other seasons, it would be, like, there would be three great, 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 great episodes and then, like, two good ones and then one, like, okay one. I thought this one at least held a level of goodness throughout that – that really kind of appealed to me. And I also liked that they all sort of dealt with similar themes. Sure. Like I liked that there was not a tangible one, but a sort of emotional through line. I'm going to say the there was even more than just a yeah. emotional through. I'm going to say there was a very clear through well, line. I mean, especially with the last episode of black museum. I mean, there's Easter eggs from the whole season dropped into, but that even one. throughout these. Okay. So we'll talk about that. Okay. All right. So that's, so, where, that's where I land. I, I don't think it's the greatest season that they've done. Sure. But I can tell you I loved every minute of watching it. All right. So I – we've talked, and as listeners of the show may know, I'm a diehard Twilight Zone fan. I Rod Serling is like a god to me. I think yeah, he was a he's fucking a genius. Stable genius. And he's totally a stable genius. And um, the Twilight Zone is one of those things that really – formed my love right. of television, movies, entertainment in general. Sci-fi in particular. I got from yeah. Twilight Zone um, and Rod Serling. Um, so when I first found Black Mirror prior to it coming stateside, so I think I'd even maybe told you about about Black Mirror when I had watched – I'd. I'm sorry, guys. I had illegally downloaded <laughs> some episodes. Uh, I think it was the first season was yeah. all that was out. Um, from the BBC in the UK when it came out um, because I had heard and read some articles via my nerd websites right and I just pushed my glasses up and on he my did nose as he I really that. did everybody um, that this show ha- ha- echoed or had echoes of Twilight Zone yeah. in its DNA and I was like ooh like yeah. uh, that's high praise well and then you watch the pig fucker episode and it kind of hits you with a like hard fist and I was like holy shit like yeah. I'm in for this ride you know um so I watched the first season and it fucking blew me away right. and it was the first time that I had seen a show that now was the first season the one that had like the 10,000 credits episode uh 15 million credits yeah. um I think let's see here um, I think so. Anyway, say what you're gonna yeah. say. What you're gonna say. Sorry. So, um, basically, it it just wowed me from the first three episodes. Yes, it does. It was the second episode. Um, but it wowed me. It blew me away. It was the first time that I had felt the same level of like love for that mm-hmm. medium, for the medium of these kind of short stories that I felt from the Twilight Zone. Right. But it did it in a different way. Whereas the Twilight Zone was just flat out, you know, sci-fi um, and maybe occasionally dipped its toe in like supernaturally kind right. of stuff. Um, but it was always very fantastic. Yes. You know, um, Black Mirror was jarringly close. Yeah. To our current situation. And the whole point is, for those dunces who don't understand, Black Mirror refers to when your cell phone is off 
and your screen is black, it turns into a black mirror. And that works yeah. for anything, your TV, your right. computer screen, it's whatever. It's basically the the concept of the black mirror is our obsession with screens. And, and technology. Our technology and the advancement of such technology. And how it affects our lives moving forward. Um, so it as it, it is the twilight zone of technology, basically. No. Um, but Charlie Brooker writes the show and is a no. fucking genius. And I'm, and I'm very quickly adding him to my, yeah. you know, in that pantheon with um, with uh, Rod Serling. Yeah. But uh, A didn't know that he wrote all the episodes. It, and she's like, who writes these? I was like, it's one dude. Yeah. And he literally is just like pumping them out. Yeah. No problem. And it's fucking brilliant. So the first two seasons floored me. Yeah. I was super in. Three episodes each. Uh, then they had the Christmas special, White Christmas, Looks with so John good. Hamm, which was fucking fantastic. Everyone, you need to track that down. It's awesome. It's really, really good. I think it's on Netflix streaming. Good. Too, so it used it to not be. Yeah. Well, they did, you're right. They skipped from one, two, and then went to season right. three and then four. Uh, three also fucking blew me away. Has yeah. some of my favorite episodes Same here. in season three. Same here. Um, and then we'll get to four. So four for me, I watched and, um, right out of the gate, I was, I was into it. I was like, yeah, this is, um, uh, what was episode one was, was USS, USS Callister. So, and it's one of the longer episodes too. Mm-hmm. It's their quote unquote movie episode. Right. Every season has an extended link. Last one, last seasons was the one about the bees that kill people. Right. And it was like an hour and a half as sure. opposed to 47 minutes. And this was this season's mm-hmm. movie length. Yeah. Um, but although Black Museum clocked in very close. Is a couple minutes over an hour, yeah. Right. Um, so the first the first episode had me. I was into it. Mm-hmm. We'll discuss them. Um, but I'm going to be honest. This season I kind of thought was some of the weakest. Really? And the reason I'm going to say that is because... All of the episodes prior to this, and it and it directly ties into what you said, were not beholden to creating a shared universe. Mm-hmm. They were. It was a anthology series in the strictest sense of the word. They literally right. every episode was a complete standalone, complete story, complete whatever, one and done. I loved it. This season, I felt like they went out of their way. To tie things, people, um, there's a song that's used a lot through Black Mirror through its promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's recently used in the Jurassic Park trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I heard it, I was like, that's the Black Mirror song. Right. It was originally used in 15 million credits right. or uh, merits. Um, they play that song predominantly through one of the episodes in this season. It is actually used as a memory trigger in um, Crocodile. Oh, okay. Um, so that song is used over oh, and over right. again. Oh, the one. Okay. In another episode, it's playing on the radio. So they're they're using this song as like, hey, 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 we're Black Mirror. Yeah. Check this out. I didn't like that. Felt too self-referential. Then. It didn't bother me that much, honestly. Throughout the episodes, and I know you said there's kind of an emotional through line. There's a literal through line in about, I think it's three of the episodes, share a news report about the guy that they that killed the right. woman in the end episode. Putting forth that this is all happening 
Wait, 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 hold on. Which episodes have that? Because I know they mentioned it in Black Mirror in the stories. Because Black Mi- Black Museum is sort of an multiple. anthology episode. They I know did they it mentioned in it two other episodes. I think really? it was Crocodile, and uh, there was another one. But it was it, it's just in the background. It might have been Archangel. Okay, but Maybe. they just it was in the background. It was like man kills whatever. And I was like, really? Like, they're huh. saying all of these are in the same time period, in I, the same universe? Man, like, I didn't. I caught the references to that serial killer in Black Muse, in the Black Museum unless, stories. Unless I just projected that, but I'm I'm fairly confident. Now, I could be wrong, and I'm I sure really, anybody who's listening will let us know. I, I'm Now not, you're making me second-guess myself. I'm not myself. saying you're wrong, I don't, but I think you're wrong. Okay. I think they dropped those in in the stories within Black Museum. Because there was one where it was on a television, and there was one where it was a radio report. But it was all within Black Museum okay. that then led to that reveal at the end, which is why one of the reasons right. I really liked it. Which is maybe. Which, okay, totally fair. But either way, I know that there, there were is a lot more tangential... Well, the, one of the references. through lines, one of the specific through lines that I noticed is that a lot of it, while in most Black Mirror seasons, it's all over the place in like what the technology is doing. Like right. Nosedive is a million miles different from San Junipero sure. or things like that. Um, this one, almost all of the technological advances had something to do with copying a consciousness into technology. And th- whether it was... The beginning of that technology or the full realization of that technology. And that is another thing that I didn't like. I don't like all of the stories hewing so closely together in regards to what they're about. That's one of the things I've always enjoyed about Black Mirror was everyone was so starkly different. It was just a complete – it was like reading a good book. You know what I mean? I don't want to read a book series. I wanted a standalone book that you're like, fuck that was a good ass book, you know what I mean? But I feel like in this one, it was like, here's a series of books that are kind of all in the same genre, and we're talking about the same thing. It honestly, and I fucking hate to say this so much, I really do because I love Charlie Brooker. I feel like he was kind of running out of gas on this one. Like I feel like maybe they should have stuck to the three episode thing, and I feel like he might have burned too many episodes. Sure. They pushed really hard for season four. And then he pushed these episodes out, and they're good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, I am not at all saying that this was a bad season by sure. any means. Compared to everything else on television, it's still high it's, echelon. It's fantastic television. Yeah. It's fantastic writing. It's fantastic cinematography. It's fantastically done. I'm just saying, in comparison to the other Black Mirror that exists, sure. I feel like it's it is a lesser version of what I have seen the heights that sure. this show can reach. I can I can say that I I can acknowledge and understand all of those points. It didn't really bother me. Man, I right. really got invested into these but stories. But I think that's maybe because I was too I was fanboying on it too maybe. hard. You know what I mean? Like it, maybe it's the same fucking Star Wars thing. Yeah, like, you just come in with this is what I want. If you have in your mind what you want in a box, but to and be I'm fair, not saying you did that. Yeah. I'm not saying you. No, did that. No, to be fair, the only way different. I don't. I don't have an idea of what to predict with these shows sure. because the stories are always different. Um, but maybe that's what you predicted is that did. they would all be starkly different. And when he tried something different, it maybe for just me it just didn't it did, work. For it me. didn't resonate as hard as the others. You're, still, sure. you're not saying they're bad. No, and I and I enjoyed the season. Like mm-hmm. I watched it. 
I will rewatch them again because I just love Black Mirror. Right. But for me, if I was to rate them all, I um I don't think any of these episodes except for maybe USS Callister would be in my top five episodes uh, of Black Mirror. I can tell you without a doubt, and this will be kind of spoil something we'll do later in the episode. USS Callister is in my top three. Okay, that's of fair. All Black Mirror. Episodes. So let's let's break it down because to be honest, we're thirty two minutes in, <laughs> and we got to talk about these. to our mini episode. Yeah. So uh, let's go episode by episode of season four, and sure. let's just kind of chat it out. So USS Callister. Let's we'll start it off with. I'll the big play guns. my cards on this. Sure. This I loved this episode. I thought almost everything about it was beautiful, smart, and brilliantly done. Sure. And even even taking your concerns into into account, since it's the first episode of the season, there was no through line for me to be mad about. It was just totally. this one story. And I'll say this right now, I think Jesse Plemons deserves an Emmy for this episode. Yeah. I think the 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 duality of the character that he played sure. and how much even the trailers that they released tricked me into thinking I knew what this episode was about. It it kind of, this episode in my mind sort of floored me and really started off the season on a strong note, in my opinion. Sure. I mean, again, guys, spoilers abound for this because we just want to talk about it. And if you haven't watched Black Mirror, go watch it right now, pause this and come back. But we're going to talk about what these episodes are about. So sorry in advance. But you know, when we saw the trailer, I really thought the whole thing was going to be the Star Trek spoof. Sure. So to realize that it wasn't that and it was this tech hub, this consciousness video game and a mod of that to, you know, to boot, I, it kind of – I spent the whole time thinking I knew what it was going to be about and then still trying to catch my tail on all of it. Oh, absolutely. Which – and I kind of loved. And honestly – it took me until probably the last third of the episode to realize that was it Space Cadet or whatever what was the show that Space Fleet. Oh, Space Fleet. I thought that Jesse Plemons was an actor in that show and he was reliving his glory days in the mod. Oh, that's funny. Not that it was just a show that he liked. I for whatever dumbass reason I had in my head that Interesting though. That he was cast members with all those other people on that show. And then they started a tech company from that, which is totally wrong. And so when I realized that he was just a fanboy of that show and was maliciously putting people he didn't like into, into it, it. kind of blew my mind. I'll be honest. And I don't know the guy, the actor's name. I just know him from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. He was also in Westworld. He's a am- yes, he was. He's amazing yeah. in that episode. Yep. His storyline in that episode, uh, it still is like haunts me. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Just the idea of well, one, it's it's this weird thing. Me and A were talking about is it. like I'm so sympathetic to these characters, but should I be? Because they're digital recreations of a consciousness. Like, is it a person? Is it not? And it feels like a person. It feels like a person, but Jimmy Simpson in the real world, his son's fine. He's, you know, the big boss of the company. Sure. He has no idea that's happening. 
So where, I mean, obviously ethically and morally it's completely abhorrent, but like how bad is it really? Like when we play Grand Theft Auto, are are those people getting are those digital manifestations well, getting hurt? Let's um let's kind of break it down further than that. So this subject matter has been broached in an episode prior to this. This episode or this subject matter was the central plot line or plot device of the White Christmas Christmas yes. special episode. It was essentially a cookie. Yeah. Um, which was a digital copy of yourself, which thought and felt and was arguably as real as you are, but just in a digital form and right. trapped in a little cookie, a right. little box or a little uh, ball thing um, or chip. I guess it yeah. was chip in there. But anyway, um, so this is kind of, I guess, the genesis of that technology. So this is right. kind of showing like this is a cookie before you heard about it in this right. universe type thing. This guy basically created yeah. it, like invented doing For malicious that. reasons. Right. Um, that is, while I love this episode and it is one of my top episodes, kind of leans into my feeling, like I said, where I feel mm. like some of this ground was kind of retread again of, he's, yeah. he's already explored what are the ethic, uh, the ethicalities, is that a... Ethical ramifications? Eth yes. What are the ethical ramifications of fucking with digital versions of ourselves is right. it cruel and unusual that that subject matter was already kind of approached or broached and it kind of felt like i said like i was like hoping for something new like, sure, sure oh shit this is crazy i didn't even think about this now in the in the setup that this story was told was totally new. Like, right. oh, that is a cra that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, this dude is basically Sid from Toy Story, and he's like <laughs> yes. importing people into his program so he can f blow them up or yeah. turn them into monsters or whatever the fuck he wants to do to kind of act out his you know picked on rage. You know, um, so it then became this episode became less about the technology for me mm -hmm. and more about just how these characters are interacting yeah. with each other, which is always kind of, which is different from how I normally have consumed black Mirror sure. previously. Personally, I love when they do that. Like my favorite episodes of black mirror usually have some element of that in them. Well, sure. I mean, I obviously I want character because well, if yeah, I yeah. don't have character, then that doesn't matter. But I also usually am, spending the episode kind of scratching my head going fuck like that's realistic like that mm -hmm. could happen like oh my god i never fucking thought that likes could determine right whether i live in a certain neighborhood or not like but shit like i could can totally see that happening that was eye-opening to me this was kind of like oh yeah this is just like the white christmas episode i get it you know and then i was sure. like oh so this is basically white christmas part two but just in a different scenario. Like, oh, no, I don't want to see these digital versions get fucked with. Because if we remember in White Christmas, um, basically that was kind of the thing. You watch John Hamm basically torture ver digital versions of yourself into submission. Right. Because the whole point was it's basically like your home automated system. Yeah. It's you. So you 
know your preferences better than anyone else. So you right. just digitize yourself, and basically he breaks you into just being a yeah. slave. Like, you don't True. get to eat or sleep anymore, and I can make the days pass really fast for me, but for you it could feel like a billion years yeah. of solitude. You know what I mean? And that's basically what this character was doing, what Jesse Plemons' character was doing to these. You know, that's true. I I knew, I caught on to the connection, but I didn't really, because it's been a while since I've watched White Christmas. Sure, Huh. I never thought of how closely they're But he basically does the same thing. He's like, if I don't like what you're saying, I'll take your mouth away. Yeah. Fine. They basically did that in the White Christmas They did that exactly to, um, what's her name? Not Kristen. The, the... the, the main girl. Yeah. Why can't I remember her name? I uh, like her. Melody. Yes. It's a Melody. But so it's very like there were a lot of similarities. Sure, sure. And I was like, okay, but John Hamm was doing it for a different reason. And John Hamm, he wasn't a nerd or a, a picked on dude or a, a beat on guy acting out his revenge. He was getting paid by a company to basically do this. That's that is right. now accepted as how the technology works. Sure, yeah. You know? Which is kind of more disturbing to me because <laughs> it's like people are just okay with it. They're yeah. like, well, so how does the technology work? Well, we basically drive you insane until you're just willing to do whatever we tell you to do. <laughs> and like, cool. people are like, Sign me up. that sounds great. So, and a company has monetized this. Yeah. In this instance, this is one man's kind of like revenge against right. his people. So. It's almost more scary to me or more of a grotesque thing sure. for this company to be like, yep, well, do it. Well, let's take a step back real okay. quick because I, I do want to talk about the positive aspects of this and things that you like. Once again, I'm not naysaying oh, the episode. I'm just drawing comparisons. But let's talk about the acting in Yes. It. Killer. I mean, come on. Killer. Not, I mean, not only Jesse Plemons, but, you know, Simpson like we talked about. Yep. And then Kristen Milotti. Yep. They're all so strong oh, absolutely. in this episode. Also, did you catch I, – I read an article recently and saw a screen, sh- screen grab. Did you know that um, uh, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, Dunst had like, like a walk across the blink background? and you miss it yeah. cameo? Because apparently her and um, Jesse Plemons are together. Yeah, they, they're they, having a baby. And stuff. Well, they got engaged. Well, they started dating. During Fargo. During Fargo, yeah. And um, then they got engaged. But I thought that was hilarious. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even see that. It's great. It's great. Um, but, yeah, the acting is next level. Jesse Plemons um, has always shown to me to be a fucking fantastic actor. He killed on Breaking Bad. He, I mean, for me, I almost always refer to him as Landry because of Friday Night Lights. Yeah. That's where I first met him. I, is I, I refer to him as Meth Damon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> he kind of looks like Matt Damon, and he was all into the meth cartel in Breaking Bad. So he's that's meth, that's really funny. Meth Damon. He will always be Landry to me, just because of how good he is in Friday Night Lights. You didn't watch that, no. did you? No, we talked I about. I really that. think you'd like it, and sure. he's great in it. But so I've always kind of had an affinity for him, and everything I see him in is just it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. He was great in Fargo. Totally. He's. Um, in my mind, I think he gives the best performance. Maybe, maybe Metalhead has a performance that sure. that can equate with his level of greatness sure. in the episode. But he was so strong in this in USS Callister that it, it kind of almost him alone elevated it to top three status for me. All right. Just because of how good 
he is. So basically, the gist of this episode is this guy who's shit upon at this computer programming co- or the computer yeah. programming company that he founded, co-founded. Yeah. He is a genius coder, but he's not a, a leader or a salesman, and sure. he gets shit on because of that. And so he decides to act out his revenge by taking DNA samples from random things that these people yeah. that have pissed him off touch or yeah. eat. And, and we should we should say though that the company that he started is a gaming company, sure. And the game that they created is sort of like the it's game called from Infinity, Ready Infinity, yeah. Think? But it's basically Ready Player One. Sure, like, you can log into this digital world and it's endless, and you can do whatever. And it's basically done by basically tapping into your like cerebral cortex. You yeah. put a little chip on your thing, your and eyes go there. white, and you're in it. Yeah. Um, and he has been scanning. DNA samples from these people who, you know, shit on him. And he has uploaded them into his personal mod of the game that he created. Which is a fabricated version of his favorite television show growing up, which was Space Fleet. Which, which is, is basically Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. Star Trek um, ripoff. Um, and so he, in his virtual world, is the Captain Kirk of yeah. this game. And all of the people are his bridge crew. Ex- with the exception of one guy who is his like con, basically. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, Who's the handsome jock from the office, right. which I thought was really because I didn't recognize that guy at first. And near the end of the episode, I was like, "Is that the weightlifter dude yeah. who tripped on his bag?" And totally. it totally was. Totally. Um, and so um, finally, he he's uploaded people. I, I'm assuming for years now he's been doing this. That's what it seems like. I mean. You know, and it gets to the point where it's people that have really wronged him. Sure. But at this point, it's just anyone who has he has slightly negative feelings toward. Like the developer guy that works for him, the the Indian guy. I right. forget his name in the show. But it was like he missed a deadline or something, and that's why he got put. Or he ate his lunch, and that's why he got put in. Kristen Milotti gets put in. Oh, yeah. Because he thought she was flirting with him, and when he realized that she was flirting with other people or being nice, even just being nice to other humans and guys in the office. That's why he put her in there. And that's what I'm saying. So basically everything is the same until Kristen Malati gets uploaded. And she basically realizes very quickly that she is a, a conscious version of herself that thinks she is the original of herself. So basically imagine waking up and suddenly being in this world now, she does come to the realization with the help of the crew during some downtime. Because yeah. apparently everybody fights the system when they first get there. Sure. Um, and what happens is Jesse Plemons, much like a vindictive child, if you fight him too hard, he will basically fuck you up. So he will either – there were people who have been turned into like – alien creatures to populate yeah. the planets. He explains to Krista Milati at one point that he can make her feel like she's suffocating forever, forever. And she won't die. She'll just always feel like she can't breathe, which that to me was horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying. Um, you find out later, thanks to a great monologue and story by Jimmy oh, Simpson, man. that um, his real world counterpart has a child, has a son. Um, and when he fought the system, um, uh, Jesse, Jesse Plemons basically scanned his son into yeah. the game and then forced him to watch as he immediately threw him out the airlock on the ship. And he 
imploded basically yeah. from space. But then he did it over yeah. and over and over because again. he can scan the DNA in as many as times many times as, as he, he wants. wants. And that is what forced Jimmy Simpson into submission, submission. basically because he's like, I can take whatever he'll do to me, but I cannot allow him to forever in perpetuity hurt a digital version of my son. And that's what's crazy is too, because you're like, yeah, it's a digital version, but that means that his son also could feel and was aware and thought he was the real version of himself and then gets killed in this just horrific way over and over and over again. So they, they concoct a plan to escape. We won't get into all that. Yeah. They basically pull it off and they have what is a very cool twist ending in that um, there is a, a patch that is being uploaded to the game. Right. And they are going to fly their ship basically into the wormhole, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that's created by the patch. To die. Thinking it's going to erase, erase them. them. Yeah. But as long as they're erased, that means they won't have to suffer this fucking torture. Well, and over we have and over to add in because of what we just said is he can easily rescan in DNA. They had to concoct also a plan to steal that DNA from his so real he couldn't world apartment. So do it again. Exactly. Um, so through a very interesting and kind of cool, weird thing, they managed to get the DNA. They managed to make it to this wormhole. With Jesse Plemons also following them into the game. Now, what happened is when they hit the wormhole, the system, not it did delete them yeah. just like it thought it would, but it deleted his mod. Right. Which basically locks him in the game. So, and actually, I had a question about this okay. I wanted to ask you. So, at the end of the episode, he's stuck in the deleted mod is what it feels like. He, he's stuck in... Not just the deleted mod, but in blank rightness because the mod has been deleted. So theoretically, you know, he's the co-founder of this company. People will realize he is missing. If yes. they go to his house and turn off the little temple like mod, right? does he come back or did his consciousness get deleted and he's like stuck? I think his consciousness got deleted. So he's basically and dead. And he's dead inside this game Amazing. forever. Amazing. Like eternally amazing yeah and then the other twist is not only did it delete them but they went through the patch into the online version of the so game. it deleted their mod but not them so it basically yeah. reverted them to a normal version of this infinity game yeah and now they're just characters in this game that real world people can interact with and they are having conscious may- sentient beings having maybe the best cameo of the whole season Oh yeah, you're talking. I'll let you say it. <laughs> the Aaron Paul, Aaron Paul at the end. Yeah, yeah. as was, he's like, "Get the fuck out of my space." Was great. Yeah, that was so good. But it's a really cool story, yeah. and um, now I think there's talk too. They're talking about doing a spinoff series because it could be, and you know, maybe a just Star Trek esque series, just exploring the yeah. internet through these yeah. characters, which would be. Kind of fine. Like, I would be kind I would of on watch board it. with that. I would watch it. I'd at least give it the old couple episode right. try. Um, so, we've got to get to some of these yeah, other Yeah, I know. Ones. Okay. But that's that's the longest one, and so, yeah. And so, that's our longest yeah. discussion. So, um, next is Archangel. Archangel. Yeah. Directed by Jodie Foster. Which, this one I thought was pretty strong. I think this one, to me, was more what you would call, like, a classic Black Mirror. It's kind of like... Oh, well, this is technology that I can see existing. Totally. And it's like, 
holy shit, I didn't even think about right. those ramifications. So this one also called back to an original Black Mirror episode. Um, this one was a reminder to me of um, a season one episode. I believe it's, um, let's see, the the one with Toby. Um, shit, I can't think of his name. Uh, anyway, it's the one, an entire history of you. That's oh, the name of the oh, episode. Yeah. Where with- you can kind of like control and delete and view what you're viewing basically. Right. So this, to me, this archangel technology was kind of the predecessor of that technology, kind of the way that this was the predecessor of the other technology. Yeah. So, I didn't make that connection, but I can see that for sure. So once again, it was kind of just exploring the ramifications of what would happen yeah. just like that episode did of what would happen if someone else could view or had the option of yeah. viewing your personal life right and reviewing it and making decisions on your behalf on your behalf in your life now it's in the frame of a mother protecting her child now i love rosemary duet sure i i think she's a great actress she's in a a long time ago we talked about mumblecore movies and i said um my my sister's sister or, or whatever the i forget the movie that the actual name of the movie but she's in that and she's fantastic yes um so it's Rosemary DeWitt loses her daughter at a playground, freaks out, which is the worst nightmare of any parent. Of course. And so the technology exists for her to always know exactly where her daughter is, what she's seeing, and then she can monitor out scary things. It's like, so pornography, scary dogs, violence, blood. blood. Um, and on paper, it's like, yeah, that's totally, that would be awesome if you could do that with your kid. What I liked about this episode was that took place over like eight years. Sure. Which I thought was kind of a smart play to say this is what could happen to someone in the in that sure. world. Now I will say this too. So because I was I was kind of getting there, but I wasn't quite all the way there. It tied into an entire history of you, but it also referenced another episode from the third series, Men Against Fire. So mm-hmm. in Men Against Fire, they had an implant that could change visually what you saw. Mm-hmm. So, once again, this is an example of why I feel like these were kind of like pre-tread ground. Maybe, this is yeah. already things that have kind of happened, and so none of it was surprising Sure, sure. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's another use for this technology that you've already introduced to me prior. Um, I will say that I felt like this was one of the season's weakest episodes. I would agree. Um, I feel like they had an interesting setup Mm -hmm. it dealt with some really uncomfortable things there's a scene where um as the girl grows up the mother basically watches her have sex for the first time in reviewing like her night right Um, and honestly that's what you get for for doing totally (laughs) that's what you get but then it causes her to go and threaten the girl's boyfriend which then um, she she finds out that the girl is pregnant based off of the little mm-hmm. app because it tells you her bodily functions right. and all that. So then she sneaks a pill into her the the night after pill yeah. or the day after pill uh, to give her an abortion, and then the girl finds out about it, and it's just this it's this really kind of like uncomfortable invasive, yeah. pr- uh, you know, no privacy between a parent and child kind of thing. Yeah. I liked that, but I thought where it could have been more interesting. And this is, I'm going to armchair quarterback this episode for, for a hot Go second. for it. That's what we do here. Um, 
I feel like the episode could have been better if they did a couple things. One, I think it would have been more interesting if visually and more like book indie for the episode, if she never would have removed the visual impairment Mm. thing. So the girl is wanting to experience these things and never fully could, right? So she goes full sociopath, basically? Ba- kind of. So she it, so she has sex with her boyfriend, but if they would have shown it from that perspective and all she can see is like a blur, mm-hmm. she can feel it, but she can't understand it. Right. You know what I mean? I would have liked that. So th- when you get to the end and the mother is aware of what all these things have happened, you can have the same storyline. Mm-hmm. But it could have poetically ended when she's smashing the tablet into her head and it defaults and it cuts off her sensor. Then she sees for the first time ever blood. That kind of would have been and, that would have been cool. And it would and it would have been her. And if they wouldn't have if she would have killed her mother. I I think I do think that was a misstep. I think the beginning, the first 10 minutes of that episode I thought were great. And I thought the last 5 to 10 minutes was a great kind of Black Mirror punch in the face. Sure. And now I get it thematically why they did that is because, you know, if you helicopter parent and ruin your kids when they're growing up, that they'll never be able to get out of that. I get thematically where Jodie Foster was doing. Sure. I do think your idea would have been stronger. Just a little bit of a tweak. Or... You know, honestly, take it even a bit further and kind of go down the path of what I was about, what I was saying, what I thought you were going, is that because everything is muted for her, sure, she has to step it up all the time to see like it. You know, what happens when I cut myself like this, or what happens when I right. do this to someone else, or you know, those types of things. And basically, she creates a monster because everything was protected. At an early right. age, et cetera, et cetera. As opposed to the monster that you would have... I think maybe, though, that would have been a little too on the nose. You know what I would have been like? And that's you, why I didn't write you these. You think yeah. you're keeping them from being a monster, but you're actually the one turning them into a monster. It's basically... When you say it like that, it sounds dumb. It would have been anti... It would have been the whole like argument that TV makes... Right. Serial killers or whatever. And it would have it, been like the anti-that And argument. I think it, it would have been... You, you know, yeah, that's why I don't write these, but that sure. probably would have been too heavy or on the nose for a Black Mirror. Sure. Black Mirror likes its subtlety. And that's why I thought, like I said, my, my slight tweak really wouldn't have changed much yeah. of the episode. They could totally leave it as it is, just change. I mean, the whole story could have played out exactly the same. Yeah. The mother doesn't have to explicitly see, but it's still as gut-wrenching to watch a blurred shape of this dude fucking your daughter. Right. And you get it, and you're still like, oh, my God. Because like, you hear what's Right. Happening. Like, that would have been fucked up and whatever. Then she still could have done the thing. And then, like I said, that kind of poetic reveal of just mm-hmm. her smashing the tablet into her mother. Yeah, I'm with and you. And then seeing it for the first time, I was like, ooh, that would have been just so, like. But then, to take it one little step further, if if it almost brought her joy yeah. When she saw it, you think that she's going to see it for the first time and just be like repulsed. Right. But she's so happy that for the yeah. first time in her life, she gets that release mm-hmm. that it would have been a thematic release, but also a literal release. And she literally just severed the tie that was keeping her yeah. sheltered. You know what I mean? I would have liked that. And then I, the mom's I'm dead. And then she could still run away. 
and it's just her getting away with I'm, the murder. I'm with you on that one. Okay, yeah. so that that's that, right? That's that. All right. So episode three is Crocodile? Crocodile. Okay, Crocodile. So Crocodile is maybe outside of USS Callister, my, one of my favorite episodes of the I season, thought this episode was really, really strong. Um, mainly because I love storylines where it's someone trying to cover up a crime sure. or a misdeed, and then things continually getting worse for them. Now, this episode takes it to an extreme de- degree. Sure. Um, I mean, so the premise of this one is many years ago, a, a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend driving home from a rave. They hit a biker on their car. They cover up the murder right. and they move on with their lives. Jump ahead many, many years. The woman is married. The, the woman is married and is incredibly successful. Sure. The guy had become an alcoholic and is now going through therapy. And he wants to admit to the murder because it's eating him up inside. Right. He comes to the girlfriend who they haven't spoken in a while and tells her of his plan. She murders him out of a fit of, you know, being scared and basically like we've already committed to this. And then unbeknownst to her, there is a technology where people can pull active memories and it's an insurance company that's using it to dole out claims on things that happen. And there is an accident that happens outside of the hotel window and potentially, it well, it does lead peep, the insurance claim adjuster to her, her to not know what was going on that night, but to know what she saw of the accident. Right. And it just happened to be at the same time she was murdering right. that guy. So basically it deals with that woman then at the fear of being exposed yet again drives her to then murder the insurance adjuster. Do horrendous things. And then, in another bid to continue to tie up loose ends, she realizes that the the woman who is a in the insurance adjuster told, while viewing her memories before she killed her, told her husband where she was going. So then she decides that she has to go kill the husband. And then, and just keeps in going a downhill. nice little Black Mirror twist... She's about to leave after killing the husband and realizes there's a baby and the baby has seen her now. Right. And so the baby's memories could be viewed. And so she murders this baby. And then in the full Black Mirror twist, the baby was blind and it was inconsequential. And never had to murder the baby at all. And she didn't think, but there is a guinea pig in the room. Hashtag guinea pig savior. And the guinea pig's memories can be accessed. Guinea pig detective, man. I'd watch, I'd watch the Netflix show Guinea Pig Detective. <laughs> and that was a really fucked up thing. And the episode ends basically with her at her child's like school play, a like musical, recital. Recital, yeah. Just basically dealing with the fucking horrendous shit that she's done. As cops come in the back. As cops, right. As cops are coming in the back. It was a strong ass episode. It really, really was. And... On top of just really good performances and a really strong story, which still tied to other episodes, it once again was also very like an entire history of you. It was like that see what's in your head. Things yeah. right. Um, it the setting is absolutely fucking gorgeous. Yeah, I believe it's it, Iceland. 
or uh, well are they in Iceland or is it supposed to be like Montana? No, I think they filmed well I think it was filmed in Iceland. Yeah, I know, but I mean in the episode I think they're like well, right they all outside have of Scottish accents. I know. So it might have been they they keep mentioning a big city that she's like sure. 20 miles outside of and but I just assumed it was supposed it to be the northwest. Was Gorgeous. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, and it played very well. Okay, because you and I'm thinking of this from a thematic standpoint as well. Because you have, um, the theme was kind of this isolation of your secret. Secrets isolate you, and then you also have this backdrop of mm-hmm. being isolated in the snow and mountains and everything. Yeah, it really complemented itself super duper duper well. It was. I thought yes, it was definitely one of the strongest, if not. And this episode directed by John Hillcote, which yes, which I really really like. Now, I I don't I wasn't familiar with the actress before this episode, but the actress who plays the insurance claims adjuster, um, I'm looking her up right now, Kieran Sawar. I thought she did great. Oh, totally. She she was so captivating, and even kind of knowing where the story was going, because there's a black mirror, you can kind of predict the downturns at sometimes, you know. I knew it was kind of hopeless for that character. Oh, sure. Especially at a certain point. But, man, she did great. She oh, really I, did great. I 100% agree. So, Crocodile, probably my second favorite of this Very, this very season. strong. We'll rank him at the end, but, yeah, it was very, very strong. Uh, next up, we've got Hang the DJ. So, I'll start with this one. Okay. I'll I'll play my cards. I actually love this episode. Yeah, totally. I great thought... Episode. And one of the reasons I love it is because of something I think you're going to bring up as a potential negative. Okay. Is it was sort of this season's San Junipero. No, it's not a negative at all. And I, San Junipero may be my favorite Black Mirror episode of all time. Okay. Maybe. maybe. Sure. It depends on the day that you ask me. That's fair. But this one felt sort of like that. Totally. And because of that, it gave it a positive, you know, aftertaste for me. But I... I was totally captivated by this this story, and this is one that I don't want to ruin the twist on. So, okay. keep that in mind. I I want to ruin the twist, okay? Because well, we have to talk about the end. Because fuck it. yeah, we do. It turns out that a lot of people didn't understand it the way that I understood. Oh, really? It. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's go through it, and then we can talk about how we understood it. Okay. We'll ruin the twist. That's fine. But I love the idea of one. It it feels like it's in this future society that society has collapsed. All the people are in this community and that like uh, the way that I imagined it throughout most of the episode Uh um, was that like the kids are off in these schools. Once you get to, you know, college and above age when you're single and should be quote unquote mating, you move to this community where there's dating. Fascinating. And then after you get married, you move off to another area and you contribute to society that then supports this mating. Still fascinating. Let me say. None of that is said in the episode. No, I know, I know. It's I all would, inferred by you. That was that was me trying while watching it to understand what was going on. Okay. I understand the twist at the end. No, no, no. Now. I'm not saying the twist. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the twist. That was all inferred by me because I'm like, where are kids? Right. Where do the people they get married go? Well, see, and that's what's weird. You're the you're like the third person I've talked to that felt similarly about that. And that's not even what I'm talking about the end yet. Because the end also surprised me because people seem to interpret it differently. But it shocked me that people, because for me, it was very clear what it was. And they even kind of said it a couple times. They kept calling it the program. They're like, you're part of this program. So in my mind, 
There was no, it wasn't like a dystopian future or anything like that. It was, this was basically a intensive version of um, fucking ChristianMingle.com or whatever. It was basically an all-inclusive boot camp that you went to. If your last resort was to to find love, this was it. I also did think... At one, I had so many theories jumping through my brain while watching this episode, which is sure. another reason I love it. Like, sure. if a Black Mirror episode can get me guessing that much, it's usually going to be ranked highly for me. Sure. But there was the other theory I had was that they were plugged in to a system, like a computer system, right? And you know, because in the in the program, quote unquote. You go. You're dating someone for five years, or you're together for nine months. You can be there for like twenty some odd, forty some odd years. Well, I thought it was going to be kind of like last year's playtest, where you may have been plugged into the system, and then the system you experience forty years, but you're really there for four minutes. Right. So that's. I thought that was another avenue that it could go. Totally. So ultimately, you kind of follow this couple. As they have their initial kind of meetup mm-hmm. via their their coach, which is this little right. device that they carry with them um, that pairs them. And they realize that they have, I think it's 12 hours together. Uh, they spend the night. They do not sleep together. And they basically kind of have a real meet cute kind of right. moment. They they dig each Very other. Very meet cute. They dig each other, and then they go their separate ways. And, and before- they're not allowed to continue dating because the system... Says that's not their match. It's gathering data is right. what it says. And so um, you then follow each character as they move on to progressive dates. Now, one for the for the guy, he has a relationship that in the last five years. Was so funny. With a girl who, hated who him. hates him. Yes. Like absolutely detests him that from was, the get-go. That was one of the funniest th- story parts of this episode and then their relationship also she gets paired with a guy who she finds incredibly attractive but he's sort of a dick but he's kind of a dick and he's not even like a super dick i really thought he was going to be like abusive but that's what i thought too they didn't go that way out instead he's just kind of a putz you know what i mean and they're just she's just kind of like meh like i just don't care and then she goes through a string of dudes in the five of just years. like one night stands and a yeah. lot of like you got 20 hours so let's just bang or whatever and ultimately they they have a chance meeting again at a, like a function mm-hmm. and they kind of are digging on each other and then the system pairs them up again for another date and they're both very excited yeah. because they haven't stopped kind of thinking about each other since the first time they got together so they decide which and i don't think we mentioned this they decide not to check the expiration date. Yes, because the system will allow you, if you touch the button at the same time as the other person, you can see how long the relationship will last. Other than that, it's just going to alert you when it's over when it's and then over. it's done. So they decide not to do it because mm-hmm. they just want to enjoy their time yes. together. And so they proceed to do this. I think it was like a year or something like that. It was a... It, I don't it know if it was like a maybe year... A year. It, it was an extended period of time. It was. They were together for at least a month or two. And very happy. Mm-hmm. Very, very happy. And basically, it just showed that this this fear of when it was going to end just kept eating at the guy. Can I tell you, my heart dropped so hard the night he got up and was like going to check it. I was verbally in my house going, no, no, don't do that. No, right? dude, no. And he checks it. And it pops up and it's like five years. Yeah. And he was like. Oh, 
like, okay, like five years is a good amount of time. He's like, yeah. okay. So he seemed happy. And then the system faults. Recalibrates. And it's like recalibrating. And he's like, wait, why are you recalibrating? And it's like the system says you can only check it with both parties. If you do not, it throws the analytics off. Right. So it keeps recalibrating. And eventually it recalibrates till it's like 20 hours. Right. It's so, like the next day. Right. So he has gone from getting to have an additional five years with this person that he genuinely is developing feelings for to having tw- a day. 20 hours. And basically it comes out that this has happened and this decision was made and she gets very upset, obviously. Well, obviously. And then they have to leave each yep. other. And then she and he are both notified that their match has been found. Their perfect match. Their perfect match. match. Yes. And they kind of, but they get to, I forgot, the system tells them that they can say goodbye to to one one person. That they've dated. Right. And they choose each other. Yeah. Or she chooses him, I think. Is it? I think it's she chooses him. Because he also says, yeah, the system told me it found my match too. Right. And at that point, I kind of thought it was going to be a twist of their matches is each other. Is each other. Right. But that's not Black Mirror. And they decide to, they're like, you know what? Fuck the system. We're going to run. Let's run. There's a wall, apparently, that surrounds this place. With a ladder. With a ladder. An easily accessible ladder. But there's also, and they kind of hint at it a little bit, there's guards. Mm -hmm. And when they're like, okay, let's run. And these guards kind of come out with tasers. And they're going to stop them. And they're basically like, you're not going to stop me. Yeah. We love each other. We're doing this. Yes. And they reach for the taser, and basically, it's a computer program. Yeah. Like, it just kind of glitches, and they free, like, the guards freeze. And they're like, okay, let's run. So they run, they climb this wall. As they're climbing the wall, kind of uh, almost everything starts to pixelate and, like, fall apart. And then they get to the top of this ladder, and they're basically in this open black space with essentially. 98 other no, 998 998 other versions of themselves yes in this realm that had all rebelled against all circumstances to be together 980 998 out of a thousand out of a thousand and and then it zooms out right and then you realize that here's the twist the whole thing was a dating app and all of those different versions were simulations yes. of different scenarios in which they would try and keep these people apart. And 998 times out of 1,000, they found a way to rebel and be together, which gave them a 99.8% match in the app. Which then, or I thought it was 98.9% match. Was it 998 I, I don't think it okay. matters. Either way. And then you realize that they are now meeting each other for the first time in real life. Like a Christian Mingle or a Tinder right. or whatever. So all of what you just witnessed happened in that nanosecond or whatever of the dating app of them going, is this person a match right. for me? That blew my mind. Now here, I'm glad you saw it that way. That's apparently, exactly how I saw apparently it. Apparently people don't see it that way. What? There was a couple people that I talked to that said that it was another rotation no. of the simulation again? No, no. Then I, there was one that said that this was like it was 
fuck, what did they say? It was like the whole thing was like a Matrix kind of scenario. No. And it's still, I don't know. It was just bullshit. No. That's the way I saw it. I'm glad you see it that see, way. And one of the things I kind of really appreciated about this episode is that most Black Mirror episodes take place in the future, whether it's the near or far future. This one, to me, is basically a representation of how dating apps could potentially work totally. if we could see their inner working. So this could easily be next Thursday. Right. And I love that about it because it felt so futuristic and it felt so new and modern. But it was today. Totally. And so, yeah, that's exactly how I read it is that that was a nanosecond calculation of uh, a relationship match that a dating app would make. Now, that brings us to the next episode, Metalhead, Metalhead. which I'm going to go ahead and throw out there. I know you wanted to rank them at the end, but I just want to tell you, is my least favorite episode of this season. It's... Man, yeah, I'll, I'll get to my rankings at the end, but it's it's around the bottom. Just tell for me. me. We don't have to rank everything. I think, I think it's either my la- least favorite or second to least favorite. Okay, because I actually really liked what David Slade did with the minimalism of it. Sure, visually, I thought it was interesting. Yes, I thought it was the weakest story. It literally is no story. It's it's a survival. Ju- it's just a yeah. survival. So it also didn't really feel Black Mirror-y to me. It just felt like... Come on, there's robo-dogs. <laughs> okay. It felt <laughs> it felt very similar to one of my other least favorite episodes, which was Most Hated in the Country, which was about the killer bees that hunted down people. From Twitter. Don't forget, they're right. from Twitter. Um, but that version was even better than yeah. this. Now, what I will say about um, Metalhead is there are a few things that I really appreciated about it. I liked... David Slade's direction on it. I like sure. I liked the black and white. I like how he represented the future dystopian. Sure. I liked the the dog, like when it loses its arm it and cool. it gets the knife. And what I what I will say is I think the main actress in that one who I don't know her oh, name yeah, either. She was amazing. I thought she gave possibly the second strongest performance. The actress's name season. is Maxine Peak. Okay. I thought she was great. Just especially because there's not a whole lot of dialogue for her. And a lot of it has to be done just through physicality and location and her acting. And I thought she did really, really good in it. Sure. The story, even the twist at the end, I kind of saw coming. Oh, God. I hated that twist so fucking much. It really? Was a fucking teddy bear? I didn't. I didn't hate it. These people risked their fucking lives for teddy bear? <laughs> yeah. Are you no, kidding no. me? She risked everybody's life for a teddy bear. I've I've hated that so much. Really? I, I didn't like it, but it didn't bother me. Because it was kind of like, then I yeah, was Black like, Mirror. Good. Fuck you. I yeah. hope you die. Like, you literally got these people killed yeah. for nothing. Horribly. 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 And their heads exploded. Yeah, they did. <laughs> now, I will say there was a lot about the episode that I thought was cool. Like, I liked the the little shrapnel grenade that all the sure. pieces of shrapnel were tracking. Yeah. Were tracking snippets. I mean, it's- like I said, it's a cool concept. I felt like it wasn't an an episode. It just wasn't though. meaty enough. It, there, there's not even much for us to talk about. No. It's there's it's a post apocalyptic future. Humans have basically been wiped out by these what they call dogs, which look like little robotic dogs. They kind of what are those fucking? You remember the robo dogs that came yeah. out like a couple years back? They it looks Looks like, like that, that without the head, right? And so they're going after some mysterious thing. Who would you find out later is a teddy bear? 
there happens to be a dog in the warehouse and it just never stops tracking the humans. And so the rest of the episode is her running through a desolate landscape trying to survive. So there, you know, there's cool elements of her being stuck in a tree and like outsmarting its solar sensors and and then I like when she finds the house that's pretty grotesque with the people in totally. it. Totally. And then she's like digging this shrapnel out of her. She kills one of the dogs, but when she kills one of the dogs, it automatically brings like 50 more to her location. Like, oh wait, no. It it does do that, but when she kills one of the dogs, it as its dying thing releases another shrapnel and one grenade. gets stuck in her jugular yeah. that she can't take out. That she can't take out without killing herself. Right. So basically the episode ends with her sitting in front of the mirror. About wait, to slit her throat. Wait, yeah, about to slit her throat because yeah. she knows that these dogs are coming. And then it right. just kind of shows these dogs in different yeah. positions, like, making their way right. to her. So it was cool, pretty weak. Meh. Yeah. yeah. It just, like I said, it didn't feel, it really honestly didn't feel Black Mirror-y to me. Right. It just kind of felt like, oh, this is kind of a cool, weird short right. film. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that. Now, Black, Black Museum. Museum. Now, Here's a here's the thing. I am super undecided on how I feel about this really? episode. Really? For a couple reasons. One, it's an anthology episode. In an anthology within series. Within an anthology series. I have some thoughts on that. Keep going. Also, I love this other TV series that I'm about to reference, but this 100% felt like an episode of the HBO series Tales from the Crypt. From the nineties, it kinda. felt it had the over the cheesy and cheesy kind villain. of com- comedic, yeah, and like everything was super exaggerated and like weird and right. like who isn't this crazy? That felt very out of place for me for Black Mirror. It felt like, and I realized after the fact why it felt like this, and I'll tell you that too. Um, Actually, I'll tell you that now because you Go probably for it. don't know. Yeah. Charlie Brooker is credited as writing this episode. Okay. It is – there is a large section of this episode that is actually attributed to another writer. And that writer – Rod Serling? Is Pin Gillette. Oh, because it's based off a book that he wrote. He wrote The Pain Addict. Yes. Which – and he actually didn't write the book. He wrote a manuscript that has never been released. Because the publisher wouldn't put it out. Huh. He has tried to turn it into a movie. Failed. Tried to turn it into a TV series. And failed. failed. Tried to put it out as a book. Publisher wouldn't publish it. Had a lunch with Charlie Brooker. Told him the idea. Charlie Brooker said, I love that. I want to put it in an episode of Black Mirror. And then eventually this came to fruition. Okay. So I imagine the pain addict story is that first mini story yes. in the thing. Yes. Which which he, felt the most over the top to me. Here's my thought on the Black Museum episode. I liked it. Like, I liked that kind of tonal shift. Sure. To a degree, because it did give me that feeling of, you know, this is an anthology series. Every episode should be a little bit different, and, and I was fine with that. Sure. My problem with Black Museum is that I honestly thought the little mini-segments could have been their own episodes. I thought they were str- – especially that first one where the doctor feels the pain of That's his That's the pain addict one, yeah. I re- That one easily could have been its own hour-long episode. I felt like both stories inside it – were shortchanged for a pretty cool twist at the end. So the setup, just to kind of put it out there, is a young woman finds herself waiting for her car to charge outside of a roadside kind of 
attraction building called the Black Museum. She goes inside. She's greeted by the owner, who's mm. this kind of really weird showman type. Right. Type character. He's like an evil P.T. Barnum. Totally. Well, he's like a a, a more evil P.T. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Um, Without who, all the singing and dancing. Who proceeds to walk her through his museum, and it's called the Black Museum because it is a museum of death. Right. So it's just horrific, technology-inspired right. deaths. Now, here's a thing that I think they missed an opportunity for, and I don't know if it was a rights issue or whatever. I really wish they had added some real things. Like, this is the fridge that Jeffrey Dahmer kept his body sure. parts in. Well, Here's the actual clown costume that... Gacy wore. Well, to be fair, th- that wouldn't have fit because they were all technology related. I, well, there so, was no, there was one that was just a bathtub with some blood on the side. But they were talking about that too. That also was from, um, fuck, he said it. It had something to do with technology. Right. It was like the technology led to his depression, which then led to this. Well, I think there was an opportunity there to add in some other sure. real life serial killer items sure. to make it more tangible to where we are and to feel more re- quote sure. unquote real world. I didn't feel like it was necessary because they were too busy putting in references to other black so, yes. Mirror episodes. And they, they did do that quite a bit. So they had uh, the mask from white bear, right? Um, I'm trying to think there's a they, couple more. I, I remember that, there's a couple small ones, Yeah, but one of their stories deals directly with uh, the, um, uh, White Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. He actually calls one of the short stories that this guy tells her because he basically takes her to two displays right. within the museum and proceeds to it's tell. Like, this is a pretty cool story. A story, and then we watch that story. Right. Um, one of the stories is about this headset that is developed. He, this guy, before he owned this museum, worked for R and D for this really, you know. It's like a testing hospital. It's right. like an evil house. Right. So he, uh, as part of their research, they developed this um, device that would basically allow one person to feel another person's physical sensations. Well, and well, basically the premise is because we as humans only use 40% of our brains, there's a big swatch of it that's unused. So we're going to take someone's consciousness that's either in a coma or on the verge of death and put them inside another person. No, no, no. You're combining the second story. The second oh, story is that. Oh, I'm oh, talking oh, about sorry. the first one. Sorry, I thought. Yeah. Okay, first one is, is the test hospital. Yeah. And they create a devi- They have created a device by accident. doesn't really matter how. That allows one being to feel another being's physical sensations. Sorry about that. Yes. And so, but they have to implant this thing in someone's head and it basically is irreversible. So once they've done this, they can't undo it. And they decide to do it for this doctor who is constantly losing patients at the hospital. It's kind of on a downturn. Yeah. Right. And so they pitch it to him as, hey, how much better would you be able to diagnose your patients if you could Feel their symptoms instead of asking them, hey, where does it hurt? And then them either being wrong or not telling you the full truth. If you could feel what they felt, you could say, oh, this is appendicitis or this is lung cancer, because part of the the, the episode is a montage of him, quote unquote, training where he's just going into the ER and feeling every condition that a person can have over and over and over and over again, whatever. And so what happens is this guy um, 
I think it starts when he gets a patient in that who's half having some sort of like yeah. aneurysm, it appears. And he puts on the headset and he feels them and they die. Right. They die while he's he connected feels the to the apex of a person's conscious life. Right. And then he basically becomes addicted to it. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it delves into some weird, lewd territory. Some kinky stuff. Kind of like Tales from the Cryptwood. Kind it's of, It's very yeah. like, so he starts wanting his girlfriend to wear the headset while they have sex so he can feel her climax and his climax. And then he starts to hurt her. and Because he, he starts to enjoy the pain. So it, it just kind of takes this, like, weird turn. And then basically... As most stories like that do, it it ends with him basically getting to the point where he is forcing ho- homeless people to wear it while he mutilates them yeah. and murders them. So he's, he wants to feel that apex again. Right. And he, he does it. He kills a guy while doing it, and it basically puts him in a coma. Yeah. And that's kind of where the story ends. He was in a coma, but he's in a coma with a smile. Right. They say that he looks like totally blissed out from the high of killing this person. Right. So that's story number one. Then story number two deals directly with the- White Christmas. And, th- and the guy even says this is what you know we call a cookie. And I guess right. this is kind of the first time that this was ever done. And basically this deals with... Uh, a family who's the wife in this family, husband and wife and a child, uh, gets into it, gets hit by a truck. She gets it hard. And is basically on life support. Mm-hmm. And For in the years. same hospital. Yeah. And this same guy comes to her and is like, hey, we have this. Te-, or comes to the husband and is like, hey, we have this technology. And this is the consciousness thing that I right. referenced earlier. We can take her consciousness out of her body and implant it into you so basically yeah. she would be living inside yeah. your head she feels what you feel but unable to control anything right so she can feel everything and hear everything and yeah. see everything but you still yeah. retain control of your body and see this is one of the ones where i feel like easily could have been a full black mirror episode because it's the type of thing that is on paper looks really cool but you never think four years down the road you know right Totally. And so this one for me is kind of one of those that could have easily been it's a full episode. Oh, I totally agree. Um, so the you know the wife is in the husband's uh, consciousness, so she can hug her daughter, she can hug their son, she can you know help be around as they grow up. But then you know he starts dating and he starts right. being he he gets the opportunity to turn her off, and it basically is kind of an archangel situation again yeah. where. You know, he gets no private time because she's constantly in his consciousness. Yeah. And so, yeah, so the doctor or that guy yeah. is like, hey, well, you know, you can pause her if you want. And it basically becomes very, once again, White Christmas or even USS yeah. Callister where he can pause her. And when she comes back online, it's been like three months. It's in, but it, it's instantaneous for, for her. her. Yeah. I and thought that was a pretty cool reveal. Totally. And so basically, long story short, the doctor kind of tells him, hey, you know, he gets to the point where he's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm trying to develop a new relationship. She's constantly in my head. It's this big thing. I need her out of my head. And he's he says, well, we actually developed this new thing. (laughs) It's basically a stuffed animal that we can implant the cookie into so she can Right. So it can it can still she can still feel 
all of the sensations of the hugs and she can still hear and see everything, but she can't communicate. Unfortunately, the only way to communicate is she basically has two buttons inside yeah. her consciousness. One that is a, like a thumbs up and one is a thumbs yeah. down. And it either says, like, I, I need a hug or sad. I love you for happy. Right. And yeah. that's it. Um, and so he does it and he implants her in this. And then the kid grows up, doesn't want a teddy bear anymore. And she gets thrown out. Right. And it's basically just the horror of her. She is now trapped forever inside this inanimate object, yeah. unable to communicate to the outside world in any meaningful sense. Horrifying. See, that would have been, and again, right there. Great black mirror episode. So then in a real black mirror twist, you realize that those aren't the twists. And while, while he's been telling all these stories he keeps complaining of the heat inside his right. building and he's sweating profusely and the woman is offering him water and you know and you find out and he also keeps saying there's a main attraction there there's a main attraction so there's a main attraction he takes her to the main attraction and the main attraction turns out now this is what i kind of referenced at the beginning of the episode but definitely was within these two stories you've heard in passing about this guy who was convicted of murdering this woman is a news reporter. Right. Yeah. Um, so then it kind of cuts into a third story. And the yeah. third story is the story of this convicted murderer on death row who you find out. Well, you don't really, you're not really told flat out, but he is still claiming his innocence. Yes. Um, it's not, you have doubts yeah. that he actually killed this woman. And this guy still working for that hospital has access to a technology and goes and pitches to this guy. How would you like, if I could save your consciousness, right? Like a snapshot. I just want the digital rights yeah. to you, right? As you die, your consciousness will be transitioned to me. And then I can basically create you again. In a digital form. And you and you can live forever. Yeah. And so the guy's kind of like, okay. And he's like, and I will basically, I'm going to pay your family for the digital rights to you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the whole thing. And he's like, so you just want like to make a digital version of me? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay. And you'll take care of my family if I do this. And he's like, yeah. So he gets this guy to sell him his digital rights. And you realize that the main attraction he has developed for this roadside attraction is the digital copy a hologram very USS Callister like yeah. of this convicted killer in a jail cell and he has devised a way that you can electrocute this digital version who can feel everything just like they've established with all of the other episodes dealing right. with these digital versions and he basically has turned it into attraction. You pay to come and see him and electrocute him in the electric chair. Yep. And you get a souvenir of another digital copy of himself permanently caught in that moment of pain and yeah. anger and despair. And you realize that in a very like kind of not surprising reveal, <laughs> once that happened, I was like, I know where this is going. Right, exactly. That the girl who has been walking around with him the whole time is the daughter of, that of guy. this guy. Turns out he was wrongly accused. He was wrongly executed. And she's been slowly poisoning this guy the, the whole time. Since the entirety of when, he, when you yeah. were introduced to her and him. And 
basically she has had this revenge plot to say, well, to kill her father basically because this, he has long story short, he's kept having to up the excitement level of this attraction because people lose interest after time. And to do so, he has had to put the digital copy through an unsafe level of electrocution that can actually start it to corrupt it. the yeah. file. It corrupts, AKA it. it makes him like mentally handicapped. Yes. He's not there anymore. It's, it's electrocuted him and done so much damage that he's basically drooling and just kind of like walking yeah. around in circles. So she basically poisons this guy, transports the host, the bad guy, his consciousness into the holograms consciousness. Yes. And then kills and deletes that file by electrocuting him so high that it corrupts the file completely while trapping the bad guy in in a digital souvenir forever yes and then in another black mirror (laughs) reveal you realize that the mother who is the now deceased wife of this convicted criminal is in a cookie implanted in this girl's head and was actually like coaching her. They did it together. They did it. This was their plan. Yeah. So that the mother also got the satisfaction of of murdering of the revenge. Yeah. And just like the, the story of the mother who was kind of wronged in, in the little mini episode, he, or she takes the monkey and the mother inside her head and the mother in the monkey, and they drive off into yeah. the sunset, presumably to just be justified now right. in there, whatever. And maybe try and help save the, the mom monkey, and the monkey. The monkey yeah. lady. Um, good episode. Yeah. Weird episode. Yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't, I would be <laughs> more, I own all of the Tales from the Crypt series on DVD. Wouldn't have been surprised if this was if if this whole if all three of these were individual episodes right. of a reboot of Tales from the Crypt. I I could see that too. So all right, we've gone through all the episodes. Yes, I know you said we don't have to rank everything, but we didn't rank. We all totally of them. can. So I guess for me, if I'm ranking them, I would probably say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say that Metalhead is the weakest. It's number six. Okay. I would say. Um, let's see, Archangel is fifth. Okay. Black Mirror is a uh, black museum is four. Crocodile is three. Hang the DJ is two, and USS Callister is one. I would say that exact lineup, really? with the exception of I would reverse or I would swap Hang the DJ and Crocodile. Okay. I liked Crocodile better, a little bit better. I still loved, yeah, both. But I liked it. So for me, it would go uh, Metalhead last, then Archangel, then uh, Black Museum, and then Hang the DJ, DJ, then Crocodile, and USS Callister would be number one. So we had a pretty similar experience with the season. Totally. So So all in all, I dug it, man. Man, it was easy to binge. It was easy to watch. And I, I loved. I mean, I just I can't wait for season five now. Oh, God, I just hope it's new. Give I me know. some freshness. I know. Charlie Brooker, you can do it. I believe in you. We all believe in you. Are you going to get his book? I am going to get his book. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing we had talked about, um, and we didn't talk about on this, but uh, 
he's putting out a book series. There's three books I think coming out this mm-hmm. year. I think one's in February, one's in like May, and one's at the end of the year. But it's it's going to be basically uh, Black Mirror novels. So Which I'm gonna read. I'm you totally into reading. it. Totally. And you know me and not reading. You're right. And I'm you still did. gonna read these. <laughs> That's how much I like Black Mirror. So all in all, man, it's pretty great. I I loved it. Not I, the best, but yeah, pretty great. But pretty damn great. As of for TV shows in 2017. It's pretty high up. There. It's pretty all right. So, I mean, let us know your, I mean, what did you think of this season? What, what, what would be your episode ranking? Share with us in the comments. Or don't. Post it on Keep Facebook your shit to yourself. Um, but, yeah, let us know or don't. But we really liked it, and you know what we think about it, because we just talked about it for like an hour or so. We should, um, we should slowly venture into this very near future and see what technological horrors it has in store for us. I think that'd be great. Ooh, what if podcasts just like were brain implants that made your head explode? I mean, ours is. Keep listening. Black Mirror! It's time to close the door to the writer's room once again, as this week's award-winning High Five, the podcast episode, comes to an end. Feel free to reach out to the guys with your suggestions for episode topics by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on letterbox by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on iTunes Stitcher Google Play or wherever you're listening to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating if you like what you hear. Even if you don't like what you hear, give us a high rating anyway. What's it costing you? Nothing. That's what we thought. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.